Good morning, it's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, the Jazz are back at it today. Who's ready for a matinee? Pacers this afternoon at 1 o'clock. And then the Jazz will get on a plane and play the Lakers tomorrow afternoon at 2.30. So, a couple days off of the Jazz, but now back to it. You're going to hear from Craig Bullerjack later this hour. Joe Ingles coming up as well. Joe in rare form. That was vintage Joe Ingles. Uh, but right now, a little Utah football. They've got their spring game on Saturday. Lewis Powell's been on the Ute staff seven years now, turning into a veteran on Kyle Whittingham's staff, coaching the defensive ends. He met with the media. Here's Lewis Powell. How good is this uh, D-line been throughout camp man it's been awesome uh we had a a format for for uh our guys that um with all the young guys that we have i have a senior in in our room with max dupai but i got a bunch of of uh uh, underclassmen sophomores and, and and freshmen and it's been awesome they've been been feeding them through a fire hose and it's uh, they've been getting a bunch of reps and they have every single one of them has been getting better. And, and uh, the good thing is we uh, not too many uh, injuries this, this spring, but uh, we're excited and, and uh, I've been fired up to get these guys so many reps. And then to follow up on that, you actually mentioned the youth. How, how deep is this team, especially when, when you factor in all the youth? Man, in our group, we have a senior, we have one junior, uh, in uh, Mika Tafua, and then there's like five freshmen. And now these guys, uh, I feel like they're not fresh. Obviously, they, they had an extra year last year, but uh, they're experienced for, for being freshmen. And uh, shoot, every single one of them has been getting force-fed a lot of reps. And, and I don't look as, at them as, as freshmen. And not only just getting a lot of reps, just kind of adopting our, our culture here at the uh, on defense and and uh, I don't see them as freshmen, but you know when when they're next to the name says freshman, it's it's kind of shocking to to see. But it's awesome to have that some good depth and and some good competition. Next, we'll go to Hans Olson, ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty in the zone. Two guys I've been really excited about, Xavier Carlton and Van Fillinger. I want to know how they've progressed so far through spring coach and how are you going to divvy up the reps when you've got this much talent? Man, those two, they, they've uh, they hit the ground running this, this spring and, and uh, I've been excited to, to see the growth between those two. And, and also Miki Sunguturanga is also a freshman. It's been years redshirted. Um uh, even Blake Keith is a sophomore and all those guys and, uh, have been getting a bunch of reps and, and I don't feel like, I, I feel like those guys are all upperclassmen already with the experience and the knowledge that they have. Um, but it's going to be exciting to see. And those, having a bunch of those guys foster good culture and, and uh, competition. And uh, it's been a good competition this spring. Hey, just to follow up really quick, Coach, I, I want to know, what's your favorite aspect of, of being a collegiate coach? For me, is is seeing the guys excel, having uh, recruiting guys to the program and seeing them uh, get a degree and, and move on and have a chance to play in the NFL and, and become good fathers and, and brothers and, and uh, just a good person in the community. Next, we'll go to Cole Bagley of the Daily Utah Chronicle and then back to Trevor Allen. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning. Good. 
I'm just curious how uh, Devin Kafusi has been performing thus far. Man, that guy got here last year at 240 pounds, and now he's 295 pounds or 290, right? And, and uh, uh, he's been awesome. The weird thing is he hasn't lost any of his explosiveness or his athleticism, so he's, he is a force out there. He looks – him and Big V in the middle uh, are – we call them the Twin Towers, right? Being both 6'7 and, and just being agile and being able to bend and, and do what we're asking him. We love – uh, how he has developed in, in a short time. Back to Trevor Allen. A guy who caught uh, some eyes last year in, in those five games was uh, Blake Keithy, especially towards the end of the year. How, how has his progress been from, from those games last year to going into spring ball? Uh, he started spring ball off great and he continues to do some good things and, uh, uh, we're just happy that um, he's going to be able to be playing suit up and um, knowing what he's been through. And uh, he just continues to get better every single day. Okay, we'll go back to Hans Olsen. Coach, my whole career was spent getting Rob Morris open to make tackles. Um, I'm curious to know how much is your defense set up to use your defensive line to make it available and open for Devin Lloyd to make plays? Man, you know, uh, it all depends on the call. Okay, there's times where we got to hold up the big guys up front with, with the big guys up front and keep our, our backers uh, uh, free and clean back there to scrape and make tackles. But a lot of times we'd like to penetrate the line of scrimmage and get through gaps and make uh, big plays, TFLs and, and uh, uh, sacks. And we believe that we're – a gap uh, defense and we love to penetrate because we make big plays and be being just being disruptive back there is also also very good coach Witt also always says knockback trumps everything so that's what we uh, are driven to do is to get knocked back and, and uh, um, if we can get knocked back and penetrate the line of scrimmage I feel like that's our ideal job and uh to, and if we're being disruptive back there, and, and, and I feel like the job should be easier for for our linebackers and our safeties. There's defensive ends assistant coach Lewis Powell. Now, here is Devin Kafusi, the transfer from BYU. Started a couple games for the Utes in that abbreviated five-game season. He played, them in all, played in all of them. He'll still be a junior. The clock was frozen on eligibility. He'll still be a junior. Here's Devin Kafusi. Devin, obviously over the last year, a lot has changed. You know, you coming over from from BYU and then moving over to tackle. How has the adjustment period been for you over the last year, getting five games in with Utah and basically getting a free year and then now coming back and and trying to trying to get more reps? Yeah, um, last year was was crazy for everyone, especially in the college football world. Um, for me, it was kind of um, – you know, I was able to make it into a great opportunity. I was coming off a shoulder surgery that year in January. So I was able to um, have some more time to recover from that and be able to contribute um, in the season last year. Um, with inside move to uh, defensive tackle, um, it's, there's definitely been a learning curve and stuff. And uh, Coach Pua, uh, working with Interior, he has, a, uh, he has a high standard, which I'm super grateful for. And I'm just super grateful that he's able to push me and, and to really work with me to reach the highest standard and to have my potential. And so all the coaches, um, all the coaches have, um, they called me in and wanted me to 
to make the move. And so I'm just happy to help out wherever I can, um, especially just with a team like this, all the guys having, being bought in and working hard. And then to uh, follow up on that, Co- Coach Powell said that you put on quite a bit of weight. How hard was that to do? Um, not, I mean, hard for sure. You know, I love working out, but it's always finding enough food for me. And so, um, it's always, uh, you know, Utah does a great job feeding us here, uh, which, which is awesome. I remember a similar thing happening to my, my uncles, my dad saying they were all pretty skinny guys, but as soon as they got to Utah and had the cafeteria uh, available to them, they all put on their weight and became the players they did. And so similar to I am, um, and so yeah, I, I put on, um, I was 295 at the start of camp. I'm around 290 right now. And so hopefully to put on um, break 300 between this off season and, and fall camp. The next question comes from Cole Bagley of the Utah Daily Chronicle. Good morning, Devin. How are you? Great. Good morning. Good, good. Uh, I'm just curious, what was it that um, encouraged you or made you want to transfer from BYU up here to Utah? Um, yeah, there's a lot of factors, uh, that played into it, not just football related factors. Um, definitely, you know, before my, my LDS mission, um, I was committed to a different staff. Uh, and when I got home, or as my mission, the, the staff changed and I got home and, uh, I was talking to my brothers and my dad and, and they're, they're saying, you know, BYU is still a great place. Um, it's been really good to our family. And so I was able to do the first year and, and then the second year, um, just within those years, I just um, felt that I wasn't the right fit or a place I remember um, kind of the period I remember committing to. And so um, with that and other off-field uh, factors, uh, it was my best interest. And uh, my family agreed with me that um, transferring somewhere else would be better. And Utah seemed like the ideal fit for me. Uh, it was school in mind. It was crazy entering the transfer portal right, right the week before like the pandemic hit. But um, yeah, I mean, Utah was ideal. It's been a perfect fit so far. I've, I've been loving it. Um, the guys and the coaching staff and the support staff um, has been an absolute dream to work with. And so. Fantastic. And then just a quick follow up. What are you looking forward to the most this uh, coming season? Uh, I'm hoping to, I want for sure to, you know, just have a full season with with my teammates. Um, with all the hard work we're doing and all the guys I want to win and and are paying the price for that, it's you know it's really a special energy that is and a mindset that everyone has. And so, since the spring ball, feeling it here, I just really wanted to you know have all the groundwork's being laid. I really wanted to you know to pay out to have all the guys um, achieve what we've been working for. And so having a full season, I want a full stadium in, in Rice Eccles. That stadium is is amazing. It took my breath away when I walked into the scrimmage last week. I totally forgot that we were, I mean, in renovation for it. I walked in the, that has entered through the North Tunnel and it, it's a totally different feeling in there. The fans are going to, I'm going to love it. And I mean, that's, that's all we were talking about for that weekend was just, man, having fans in the stadium in this brand new Rice Eccles is going to be, you know, it's going to be the t- one of the top atmospheres in college football. So I think that's what we all really want. And especially just to play it and pay it forward for, um, uh, for Ty Jordan. I mean, I mean, it's such a crucial part, um, you know, in the success of that happened last season and just his impact on this team. And so um, we have him in, in mind and in our prayers and hearts. And so um, we would just love to, 
do everything we can to represent him. Next question will come from Jeff Paul with the Desert News. I know that uh, you and Britton go way back. You've been close friends for a long time. What's it been like to be reunited with him up there at Utah? Oh, it, it's been, it's, it's honestly, it's been just like Little League. I mean, back to flag football days. The funniest part was probably for the first like six months I was here, him and I were still freaked out about seeing me in red or like in the building. We were, I'd walk into the, um, you know, we'd walk into the meeting room for roll call and he would just look at me and be like, I can't believe you're still here. And I was like, I know, man. And when our first game, when I was in a Utah uniform, all dressed up, we were, it was like kids, like we're on the same team again. And this is so fun. And, you know, Brit, Brit's, you know, an outstanding guy, one of a kind. I'm so lucky to have him as a friend. Um, yeah. And it's crazy that we've seen each other through all phases of, of life and, and through sports, especially through football. And um, we just try to, you know, he's a big reason I fell in love with the game when you have a teammate like him since you were little and you have as much fun as you do and, and you go through some hard times and learn a lot of lessons and I mean, have someone to lean on and stuff. So I'm still thankful for, for Britt and um, his family. Um, I always joked around and said I was kind of like the blindside kid and like maybe the blindside growing up. I was just, it was the Cubbies at a family union or Cubbies had a family activity and then there was Devin and and Britt and I were just, we would say, yeah, we're, we're brothers. And so <laughs> uh, I'm so grateful for him and all that he's done for me. And so, and he's, he's excited. He's got a great season. I mean, um, I'm just so thrilled for him. There is the Utes, Devin Kafusi. When we come back, Craig Bullerjack and then Joe Ingles later this hour. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Well, the Jazz had Wednesday and Thursday off. Even Craig Bowlerjack got to put his feet up, rest and relax. Back at it today. The Pacers at 1 o'clock. We had Joe on and uh, Craig Bowlerjack on yesterday. We'll play those two interviews now. Here is Craig Bowlerjack. He'll have a couple of, uh, you know, last night, tomorrow things. But you get the point. Here's Bowler. DJ and PK in the morning is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, how are you? Good. Good. How are the Jazz? They looked a little tired. There was a lot yeah. of talk about that. You're not around them as much, obviously, COVID protocols. So, you know, you're at the top of the lower bowl and you're not to be, you know, sitting down in some room yakking with them like you might in another year doing a pregame interview with Quinn or whatever. Now you got you to gotta Zoom those like we Zoom everything else do. So it's a little different, but you still probably have a sense of it. How critical are these two days off and how gassed were those guys who, uh, who got to sit over the course of that back-to-back? They had, what, four or five guys sit. Yeah, yeah, they had uh, Joe and Clarkson and uh, uh, let's see, and Royce. Royce. And Conley sat the night before. Yeah, I think, you know, it was good. Uh, I think Royce, you know, obviously it's good maybe just to step back. He's been struggling from the three, take a breath. Uh, Joe rests, you know, rests the knee. Um, So, and Clarkson's, what, four games with the ankle. So it, I think it's good. I mean, George Niang in the post game interview that we had, you know, he said he was looking forward to it. 
in, in a big time way. And I, I think everybody is. They played a lot of basketball, and you know, a lot of back to backs and a lot of four games and six nights. Look, I'm broadcasting, and I, I was glad to have these two days off. But you know, nothing like going out and playing. Uh, luckily, they've been home, which helps, I think, <clears throat> because the travel was, uh, you know, it, it, you could, you know, mark the the the, uh, the travel off this week. But look, it's been a long season, but in the, in but it's it's compacted. It's you know, you're playing 72 games in a much shorter period of time trying to get everything fit in. Look, we'd be in the playoffs right now if this was, you know, quote, normal, right? And uh, we're already nearly into May, and, you know, the, the playoffs start the 22nd. The last game of the season's on May 16th. So there's still a long ways to go, but things are beginning to sort themselves out. You know, I, and you asked the question about down the road, uh, you know, will we see this more? I'm sure. I mean, yesterday the, some GMs came out to say that the uh, the, the the way the schedule's been put together and the games coming at teams fast and furious has elevated some of the injury levels of what's happened in the league, especially after the ACL tear by by Jamal Murray. So there may be something to that. Only players can answer that question. I know you got Joe coming up. What do you say, DJ? I'm the warm up act today. Is that right? That's you are good. the warm up act. Yeah, I like that. Joe, are you listening? I like that. I'm like the starter. This is, you know, I'm like, you know, warming up the the crowd for the for the main the main attraction. So that's good. That's good. <laughs> you say the playoffs start at the May 22nd. Is that that's not the Jazz playoffs though? Is that the the play in that they have with the seven and eight and eight and nine? Do you know, or does that you know, start earlier so the Jazz start the 22nd? I think that that actually is probably a, a Thursday. I don't know, PK. I'm guessing. All I, I'm looking at the numbers on what you know. You know, it's going to be the 16th, the last game, 22nd. I'm guessing like a Thursday or a Tuesday, however they want to do it with TNT, uh, obviously leading the way with with broadcast. Uh, those playing games, the Jazz, if they hold on to the one seed, may not know their opponent until obviously two days prior, which yeah. will be really um, <laughs> probably for Quinn, ah, nothing new. The way the last two seasons have gone, the bubble um, and the playoffs there, and now the playoffs already coming back again at you. So uh, I don't think anything surprises head coaches in this league anymore because things just happen almost in an overnight way. But, yeah, those play-in games, uh, they could really impact the Jazz not knowing who they play until uh, the last you know two days of the season. So the Jazz then would have a good four or five days off before they start. I think so. I think most of the league would, except for the, the, the those four teams that they're going to try to get playing, you know, opportunities to. Okay. So I think uh, what Mark Cuban wasn't ran, Luca weren't real happy about that just a few nights ago. Uh, they're you know hovering in that seven spot. Uh, so I think you'll still see some movement there. You know, don't know what the status is um, in the long run. I think it's a week now for LeBron and maybe two for. Uh, AD with the Lakers, but those are a couple teams we've talked about before, PK, where I'm not sure the Lakers care or the Clippers or the Nets. Nets are making their move, uh, even though they, they, they set, what, Harden and KD last night. I think Kyrie played, and I think also Blake Griffin set. So it could happen. I mean, I think this is just one of those seasons where, you know, a player needs the rest 
mentally, you know, it's more than it's physical and mental. And so it could happen. Absolutely. So the season ends May 16, which is a Sunday. The playing tournament is May 18 to 21. So that's Tuesday through Friday. So even the playing teams get Monday off, which they, you know, they'll have to travel probably. Right. right? Someone's going to have to, obviously. Maybe both teams will. Uh, the the traditional playoffs, the one through eight series, those start May 22, and usually that's a Saturday. So usually four series start on Saturday, four on Sunday. So the Jazz will go from Sunday to either the following Saturday or Sunday without playing. You know, uh, DJ, PK, I believe that if you are the top seed team, I believe that you have the luxury of an extra day. So that could actually begin on Sunday. Yeah, I don't know that you'd want it after you've already been on five days. Yeah, I don't know. The way things, you know, you may say, well, if you got an injury, it's a great thing. But if you want to play and you're playing well, having a whole week off after playing every other day or the multiple back-to-backs – I don't know. It's uh, Joe would know. Uh, I think you know a couple three days would be awesome, but then you kind of want to just continue and and get to it. Because uh, I'm looking at the schedule too. They play their last two games on the road: Oklahoma City and Sacramento. So they're going to have to come home, you know, after two three days a Friday Sunday uh, road series. One of the developments that I've liked here as we've moved uh, into the second half and down the stretch of the season is Bogdanovich going to the basket. And sometimes he does it with reckless abandon, and I am all for it because I figure that if he regains his shooting touch from the perimeter, which he's shown obviously signs of doing it, and now has that confidence to put the ball on the floor and not get it stripped and find his way to the bucket or to the free throw line. And the other night he was 10 for 10 from the line. That's just a positive. So I'm looking for that to continue going down the stretch and into the postseason, even if he's hitting from the outside. Why not continue to do that? Because that's been an effective weapon. Totally agree. I think, uh, you know, both Thurl and, and Matt have told me, look, and I think we all kind of know when you're struggling, what do you do? You want to see the ball go in. So Bogey uses his body. And I, that's the one thing that surprised me when the Jazz, you know, signed him was we all knew him and we saw him, saw him as an opponent, as a three-point shooter. But he's really has the NBA body to go inside and finish. And I think he's starting, starting to realize that more and more. And if you're struggling from outside, go to go to the next level of what, what works. And then start inside, work your way back out. But he's really been able to mix – uh, the last couple of games, he had 33 against the Wizards in that loss. He had 23 um, against OKC. So there's signs that, you know, he's gaining more confidence. He still fell on the wrist. I still think the wrist plays in his head a little bit. Uh, you know, he looks at it. Um, you know, he stretches it a lot. But look, it takes a long time uh, to come back from injury like that. That's your, your right hand, your shooting hand. And you're always kind of, I think, in the now of where it is. And if it's got a twing, you know, it can, it can play mind games with you. But I think he's a big piece of going forward. You get another guy that is more confident and also starting to put up double, you know, double-digit 20-point games. Uh, and they didn't have him in the bubble. And everyone always talks about that, trying to beat uh, after up 3-1 on Denver. Didn't have Bogdanovich in Orlando. And so this is just another big piece, a uh, uh, part of you know the drive to the finish. I hope he stays consistent because it's it's been a tough year for him, up and down, and he's starting to show shot signs of, I think, just finding that confidence that you have to have. 
The West isn't quite as uh, jumbled as it was. I'm not convinced there's going to be a lot of movement because I think a lot of teams are going to have to rest guys. There's so many back-to-backs the rest of the way. So I'm kind of thinking that the West is pretty much set. Maybe the Lakers catch the Nuggets for four, but that's 4-5, so it would be the same matchup, just flipping home court advantage. Do you see anybody who's likely to make a move? Is there anything you're really watching down the stretch, or are we going to finish where we are? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, you know, I was thinking Dallas was uh, maybe had a punch or two left, and then I really thought Denver would be the same. But now with the Jamal Murray injury, man, that really tosses things into the air. Um, Portland's Portland. I mean, it's just kind of the way it seems to be with Damian Lillard and, and McCollum in the backcourt. I love, I love the way they play, but it's just hard for them to hit that that next level. Uh, Lakers, I don't. Again, I don't know. PK, I think you and I talked about this a week or so ago. I'm not sure they care where they are, uh, just because of who they are and the way LeBron approaches the playoffs. You know, he'll he wants to be in high gear, and we'll see how healthy Anthony Davis is. Uh, you know, calf and, and Achilles actually how it holds up. But you know, Phoenix is still a team that the Jazz. You know, they're a game and a half out. They could they could steal the the top seed away. Um, they're good. They're good. They're fast. And I think that's the one thing, you know, that, that has been the one Achilles for the Jazz is just keeping up with, with backcourt, you know, with speed. We saw it with Beal and Westbrook. You know, there's a lot of similarities the way Chris Paul and, and Booker play on running downhill. Transition defense is always something Quinn's preaching. And I think that's going to be obviously a, a big factor in how, how successful the Jazz will be. But talk about how these teams don't worry about where they finish. And I'm wondering, why wouldn't the Jazz? I mean, of course you want the one-on-one seed. But if it doesn't happen, and because they maybe rest a guy or two or what have you, and Phoenix gets it, okay, so you got it. Good, yeah. good for you. But why wouldn't, we, why wouldn't we say, why would the Jazz be so concerned with it, too? I think it's at home court, which plays into the hands of the Jazz. And look what they've done at home this season. Uh, you know, they've had the three losses but PK, I still think you know the Jazz have a huge uh, advantage with this fan base and the energy they bring. Um, you know, it also and again, you make a good, interesting point though. If if the Lakers, it all depends on how everything falls one eight, and then you know how the second round you know matches up. What if the Lakers you know are a four and they jump up, and then the Jazz have to play LA in the second round? So what if the second? What if the two seed played into their favor? You know, who knows? But, uh, you know, sooner or later, you just have to come to realization in the Western Conference especially, any team you play, uh, there's six teams out there that have potential to win it in the West. And that's the thing that really, I think, tells the tale of how good the West is and how every night you have to be on your game. Uh, There's no letdowns. There's no nights off. And especially the second half of the season because – um, most of the teams that Jazz are playing are out of the West. I'm having a problem getting worked up for any of the debate about these individual awards. The Jazz are the one seed. How far can they go? Can mm-hmm. they get back to the finals for the first time in more than 20 years? To me, those questions are so compelling. I'm having any problem working up any enthusiasm for Coach of the Year, Player of the Year, or Defensive Player of the Year, blah, blah, blah. This other question is so fascinating. I just... I can't get into the other stuff. Am I alone? Am I an outlier? Well, Ben Simmons will tell you who's the defensive player of the year. (laughs) 
So, no, you know, look, there's so much, you know, going back to the championship is something that's been in the jazz minds for a long time. And now ownership, Ryan Smith, that's something that's on his mind as well. Um, you know, last year, let's just go back a year where the jazz were hyped nationally to be the team. And it didn't work out that way this year. They can't get a lot of love because uh, the focus is on the Nets. The focus is on the Lakers, the Clippers, but the Jazz are still the, the, the top team in the NBA. And, and you know, I tune in to national broadcasts, and there isn't a lot to be said about the success of this franchise at this moment. And there's still doubters about Rudy Gobert and Donovan. Uh, I'm sure Joe will tell you that that's a motivator. I mean, down deep, it's got to be. So, that's what I, you know, I, look, it's going to work itself out, whoever is the award winner, right, in all these categories. The real focus is, you know, where you, where you finish in the sense of, you know, the Western Conference, can you win it, and can you actually find yourself back with a shot to win a championship? And I love this team because it is a team. Uh, they've got, you know, two great stars and what Mike Conley brings uh, and what Joe brings and, uh, you know, it's it's intriguing to see how far they can go with depth. You know they they've starting to show they've got some players that can that can use their minutes when they're asked to get on the get on the floor. I mean Brantley the other night was a beast, and I'm glad he got minutes to show showcase who he is. And Miaoni continues to develop, and Niang uh, who started horrific this season. When we talked to him, I mean he was in the 19 percent in the 20s shooting threes, and now he's you know, really found his game, which will obviously play into the Jazz hands for another three-point shooter. So, yeah, you know, you can get caught up in all the awards, but the bottom line is win it. Win it. And I think that's what the Jazz are more focused on than they are on, on individual awards. Speaking of win it, uh, DJ scoffs at me, but they're they're bearing down on winning and clinching the Northwest Division, and I just think that it should be a big deal. And he continually mocks it, man. They've held hung banners, and now with the Jamal Murray injury, this pretty well cinches that the Jazz are going to win the Northwest Division. And I love the fact that you laugh, Bowler, because I've already won. You're the man, Bowler. Thanks for backing me up. But you know what, though? I can hear PK sarcasm, too. I mean, <laughs> he didn't care about the division title when there were four, and now he's making a big deal when yeah, there's six. Banners, man. Look, it's about the banners. I get it, PK. Wrap yourself in the banner, right? Yeah. Northwest Division champion. I, I mean, I believe you should be emceeing it when that goes into rafters. <laughs> Tina Turner, simply the best. Yeah, yeah play it. The best. Yeah, there it goes up, up in the rafters. Look, it's the first step, right, PK? That's what you're saying. The first step. It's one, it's That's a, a downgrade. Step. That's then a downgrade. They've got the divisions, and I'm not going to ignore them. If, they've, they're, they're, <laughs> if they were worthy of being ignored, we wouldn't have them. Ah, you're going, Glenn Close. I will not oh. be ignored, Michael. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I haven't either, but that that scene and that line, that'll stay with you. <laughs> and I'd like to put DJ in a boiling pot on the <laughs> See, you don't have to see the movie to get oh. a couple of the references. Now, it's going to change my whole day. I just did it right there. The boiling out the rabbit uh, in a pot coming, of water. Coming out of the tub with the knife, I jumped about oh. 10 feet. 
Boy, I don't have to. I don't have to see the movie again. Nope. PK, it's, there it I, is. I just replayed it right there. All right, Bowler. man. Bowler, we will let you go. You have warmed up the audience for Joe Ingles. You are yeah. the man. Well, you know, I did my best. I played that solo guitar. I'm gonna. I'll play the guitar on the way out and the drum solo later. But uh, yeah, Joe's ready. The stage is set, and it's, it's Joe Ingles' time. It's Jingles' time. <laughs> Thanks, Bowler. All right, guys. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Hang with us. Joe's coming up in a few minutes. Stay with us. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz, Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. It is the Joe Ingles Show with the man, the myth, the legend, Joe Ingles. Joe, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Joe, you're getting a couple days off. You, you're actually getting three days without a game since you sat out that Oklahoma City game. And I'm curious with... The condensed schedule, and you're playing more games in less time. How much does that matter? How different do you feel? Yeah, I mean it's it's big. I think I think um, like you said, the the schedule. Obviously, we started uh, pretty quickly, kind of after the bubble, than what we normally would, and kind of packing in games here, and then obviously with the first half of the schedule only coming out, obviously knowing that at the, the start of this year we might have to reschedule games and, and whatnot due to COVID and, and whatever. Uh, we obviously got a, a heavy back end. Uh, I think someone had said at some point we had like 21 in twenty one games in like 35 days or something like that, which is um, probably doesn't sound like that to, to the average person listening, but it's a lot of games um, in that, in that, that amount of time. So, um, yeah, I think it's just about Obviously, everyone being smart. Um, obviously, we still want to win games and put ourselves in a, the best position um, that we can put ourselves in. But we also, um, with the scheduling of that, don't want to go into the playoffs tired or fatigued or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I don't know what the plan is for everyone or anyone else going forward. But, um, yeah, I've, I've used my days wisely. <laughs> <laughs> So, Joe, I got to tell you, man, if anybody out there says anything that makes DJ angry, that makes me angry. <laughs> How much fun did you have with all that? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said in the uh, post game or whatever it was, like it's it's really like more entertaining to me than anything else. Like I, I mean, we've we've talked about 
uh, we've talked a lot about how how my kind of the joy I have while I'm playing. It's I'm, I'm happy when I'm out there. I, I enjoy it. Obviously, I get some people's perception probably thinks I'm not taking it serious or anything like that. But the people that know me, um, the people our, our fans, all that. It's just how I, uh, I think I play my best when I'm enjoying it out there too. And then obviously the the talking part of it, just kind of, again, I've told you guys, like I never go into a game thinking or preparing or anything. Um, but sometimes yeah, it just kind of happens. And um, I enjoy that too. Like it's, it's fun to have someone either talk to you or a player or a coach or a fan or whoever it is we've had. Donovan and I were talking about it after that game. It was like all the times that it's happened that it's actually like propelled our team to play a little bit better, especially myself and him. But um, happened in Detroit one time that was very memorable. It happened in Minnesota one time that was very memorable. It happened against Detroit um, with a fan across from the opposing bench. Um, there's just there's ones that you remember, but it's like I said, it's like. It doesn't. It honestly doesn't make me mad. I'm not frustrated. I'm not angry. I literally like it's entertainment to me. It's it's funny. Um, it's funny with the guys. It's like we we yeah. It's just a I don't know. It's just an entertaining, fun thing. It's a, it's a to me, it's a cool part of the game to be able to go out there and like not disrespectfully um, to anyone, but just to to have fun and and talk a bit of smack. It's it's fun. So, uh, because we have, well, I would watch close anyway, but because we have you on and because I know people tweet at me and, you know, want me to ask you about specific moments, I really pay attention to your interactions with players when they're, you know, shown on TV. And so a couple of them jump out at me. One, before the first game with the Wizards in Washington, you and Bradley Beal had a big old laugh. I mean, you were cracking up, he was cracking up, and you were literally at the jump ball circle getting ready to start the game. So I know there's a lot of fun in it, but i got to say, when I think you're telling someone to bleep off, it doesn't feel like there's that much fun in it. <laughs> and I was reading your lips, Joe. I'm pretty sure I know what you were telling them to do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, well, first of all, Brad Beal's a... An absolute legend. He's a he's a really good dude. We've got the same agency, so I've I've known him a little bit over time, and um, really, really, really good guy. So, um, and obviously a hell of a player too. So going up against him is always fun and, and obviously challenging because he is extremely talented. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never swore during a game. Okay. All right. Your nose just screwed, Joe. Must be the accent. My lips must read differently. must be the accent. They go the other way because you're from Australia. <laughs> yeah, it was. you meant to read it backwards. Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> That's your story and you're sticking to it. And I'm is that... To it. Uh, is that particular to the American game or does that go on overseas in, in Australia and all the other places you've played ball too? No, yeah, that's everywhere. I mean, I've, I mean, maybe it's just me that brings it everywhere. <laughs> but it's, um, yeah, I mean, ever I've played in, obviously played in Europe and spent a lot of it there. I've played in like national team against national teams, and it happens there. I've played in NBL. I remember I got, I think I got fined in the NBL. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like seventeen, eighteen at this point in the NBL. Um, I think I got fined or I might have got warned being like the first offense and I was the fact that I was so young, but I got 
um, I flipped someone off in the crowd in, when I was like 18 years old. Um, I still remember it was up in up in a little little town called Townsville, up in Queensland, a little kind of country beach town. Um, actually, a really nice place, beautiful weather. Um, they're no longer in the league, but yeah, they were they were in the league when I played, and someone was in like the courtside box and was probably a, a few beers in and had kept kept saying stuff to me. I was probably an easy target because I had this like long shaggy hair and I was about 60 pounds and <laughs> trying to play against these men and I just was like, screw this, I've had enough and I just flipped him off. <laughs> and by the way, if you think Joe is uh, not telling the truth about the hair, you have to go to YouTube and watch some of those clips because I've seen him and what you just said was 100% true. <laughs> yeah, was I wasn't true. Uh, a big fan of haircuts and then I... <laughs> Um, used to, I did used to surf a little bit, so I used to think I was like this really cool, like surfing. Um, it was bad. <laughs> so I came across a clip, uh, an Australian journalist who was recounting your early career, and oh. I I didn't know this, but so there was a hometown or local team somehow. I don't know if I have this exactly right, and they came at you with a, apparently thinking you'd take the hometown discount as a teenager, happy to be a pro, and so you passed on them, and it was controversial at the time, and you went to another club. You've always had this in you, Joe. Yeah, I've always been a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm friendly, but I can be a, a bit of a an ass too. Um, but yeah, that was that was. I mean, it was the. Like you said, it was my hometown team, I, the team I grew up watching, my favorite player, like the guy who I wanted to be growing up was on the team, um, who I'm, I'm good friends with now. Um, and I, I wanted to, like, like I, was, I think we've talked about it, but like growing up in Australia, the NBA was so far away. I didn't get, we didn't have cable TV, so I couldn't watch games or I grew up wanting to play for the Adelaide 36ers and I grew up wanting to play for Australia. They were the two things. Um, Brett Maher was the player. Brett played for Adelaide. He also played for, he went to a couple of Olympic games. So I, I wanted to be Brett Maher. It was like my, um, got recruited. I think at the time there was like eight or nine teams in the league. I got recruited by like seven of them. Like every team was trying to get me to sign with them. And um, the minute, like the minimum wage of the NBL back then was like, 30 grand or like whatever the number was exactly I don't know off the top of my head what it was but um, not not that much but I was obviously as a 17 year old happy to take it <laughs> um, and they offered me like 15 grand like way under like it wasn't even like the actual legal minimum that you could offer me um, spelled my name wrong on the contract the, the GM or whoever it was at the time um, was like, yeah, we're really excited. Like, to, we would love to have you a part of the team. We really need a backup five man. And I'm like, five man? Like, I've never played in the pain in my life. <laughs> um, still to this day. Like, um, just, there's just a bunch of things that happened. And I, I, the only kind of thing I really remember, like, obviously those little details, but I remember walking out of that meeting and I like, my agent was with me at the time and my, my dad was with me too. And I was like, like I can't go there. There's no way I'm going there. They don't even like. They don't know what position I am. They don't know. Um, so it was disappointing because I did want to play for them. And um, I mean, I if I like if it, if it turned back time, maybe I would have or could have or should have tried harder to go back there. But it all worked out. I went to Melbourne, had a, a really good three years there. We won a championship, and um, I mean, I'm here today. So it obviously worked out. Did your family and friends, did they get to see you play at all 
now with the time difference and oh, all the man, access? Oh, man, it's tough. Um, obviously, with COVID, too, makes it even, even harder. So they haven't been over... They used to... I've got a sister um, who's got a couple kids and then obviously my parents, um, Renee's parents, and she's got a, a brother and sister too, brother with a, a couple kids as well. So they, they all kind of used to come over every year or every second year and watch. Um, even in Europe, they'd come over as much as they could, um, obviously being a lot further away from Australia. But um, the last couple of years, obviously not with, with COVID and the travel and all that. But prior to that, they used to, yeah, they used to come uh, a fair bit. We, we paid for them, both our families all to come over one Christmas a few years ago just because we, we wanted to make it be as homely as possible. We just had the, the twins and wanted everyone to have um, Christmas with the twins, so we got everyone over for, for a Christmas. But, um, yeah, I mean, as soon as the restrictions, um, travel restrictions and obviously COVID and all that slows down and a bit safer to travel, we'll, uh, we'll, I'm sure they'll, they'll all be on the first flight over again. So, Joe, as you get ready for the uh, the final stretch here, do you check the standings? Are you checking them every day to see what's going on in the playoff race, or you just wait for someone to tell you on a on a bus or a plane or something? I'm definitely not checking them every day. Um, I got way too much going on to be looking at my NBA app every day. Um, but obviously, we like it's common sense, and everyone knows we're in a good position that we are. We are. We are top. I don't know how. I couldn't tell you how close um, Phoenix is. I know that game there. They were obviously super pumped because, and I think, I think I saw on Twitter after like Devin Booker saying he's not worried about his own individual stuff. He wants to be first in the West. So um, obviously they're they're somewhat close. But apart from that, it's just. I mean, we've like it would be great to be first and I I mean I hope we are and I hope we stay there but um, I think for us it's just about continually getting better each game um, we want to be like I said like Royce resting last game um, I've been a little bit beat up just in, in general nothing obviously crazy but just a bit generally uh, sore or whatever so getting our guys healthy is a is a big thing too I think um, if you go into the playoffs extremely fatigued or unhealthy with with injuries or whatnot or, or the COVID stuff like obviously it just it throws a, a spanner in the works with, with your team so you want to be um, obviously we want to finish as high as possible but we also want to be as healthy and, and fresh as possible so um, part of that's on the players to, to do the right thing off the court on the court away from the stadium um, getting your rest on the road like whatever it is um, at home and on the road but um, obviously, there's some things we can do within our our team and and the medical staff to to make sure we're as healthy and, and fresh as possible. Donovan Mitchell's been playing real well as far as scoring goes. Have you noticed an improvement in his game? Oh, I mean, I feel like we talk about this like a few times a year, and it's like this constant uh, um, feeling of like he he just kind of keeps getting better. Like it's. I remember talking about it in his rookie year when it was like, oh, like you're kind of given the keys to the team now, and and he embraced it and did really well. And then it was like, all right, well, like you've got to make better reads out of when you get in the paint. Like you're not you're not seeing like eyes out and guys that are open. You're just kind of aggressive to, to score, which obviously we wanted to do. But then he was like, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And he's like, within a few days, he's making these like unreal passes, and now. 
his passing's unreal, and I think this off-season, a big thing for him personally was just defensively. Like, I want to be locked in on both ends, and, and now he's trying to guard the, the best player when he's out there. He wants to do both. Like, it's just a continuous uh, improvement on every level from, from his perspective. And, I mean, it's, I mean, you guys, I mean, obviously not this year, but you guys have been around our team and all that. Like, you guys know him and that. Like, it's just, it's how he is. He just wants to keep getting better and better. So, um, yeah, it's pretty special. But um, I know from his point of view, there's a lot more he would want to do and get better and continue to get better. And um, obviously, I have no doubt he'll do that. Well, what I've learned from the Joe Ingles show today is that Joe has never, ever sworn on the court, and he only swore hey, one time during this interview. Yak only had to go to the dump button once. So I didn't swear on this interview. <laughs> you Yock. certainly you did, did, Joe. You said the, nether, the nether regions. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Tell, tell Jake to sort it out. He did. He did. Yeah. He's here for you. He's on Team Joe. Joe Ingles Raw, man. <laughs> I should have my. I should have a uh, a Raw podcast or whatever that I can. Oh, I do, but I should just say what I want. Let her rip, Joe. You kind of do anyway, Joe. (laughs) That's true. This is true. (laughs) Entertaining as always, Joe. We appreciate it as always. Uh, Good luck this week, and we will talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys. There's Joe Ingles. Vintage Joe Ingles. Love having Joe on. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.